perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries' Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. This is Young Catholics Respond, and I'm Bill Snyder. Thank you so much for joining us, no matter how you're listening to us or where you're listening to us. We really appreciate you tuning in and being a part of our ministry. I want to point out one thing before we get started on today's interview, and that is to head over to our website and sign up for our free resource, The Fearless Scriptural Rosary, uh, where we've paired all of the different scriptures that say be not afraid and fear not with the rosary. So uh, head over to our website. It pops right up on the screen and enter your email and we'll send that return email with a free PDF of the Fearless Scriptural Rosary. Uh, Don't miss out. But folks, I don't want to spend too much time talking about ourselves today because I have a wonderful guest with me. Uh, He's a very good friend. His name is Brother Charles Madden. He is a conventional Franciscan friar. He's been uh, in religious life for about 50 years and uh, has... And he uh, lives and works at the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe in Libertyville, Illinois, also known as Marytown. Uh, in addition to that, he is an uh, author of several different books, one of them we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Brother Charlie, and thank you so much for joining me on Young Catholics Respond. It's great to have you. It's good, it's good to be with you, Bill. I'm sorry, I almost got your name wrong. <laughs> no, sorry. It's all good. Uh, so, bro, Brother Charlie, uh, we're going to talk about uh, this wonderful book on creation that you've, that you've authored. It's, it's really about Genesis and the first 16 chapters of Genesis, right? Or the first 11 chapters of Genesis, first, excuse me. First 11 chapters, yeah, which contain the 16 doctrines that, that are, you know, of Genesis, yeah, so why don't you lay them out for us? Uh, I, the, you know, this is so fascinating. I think it's so important for our time. But yeah, lay out the 16 doctrines for us and, and what they are. All right. Uh, and it's important that we have a cohesive presentation of the 16 doctrines before we go into questions and answers, because not too often are these put together in uh, some kind of organized fashion. So we start off with doctrine one. God exists and has revealed himself. Doctrine two. God created the whole world from nothing. Number three. God created a good world. Four. God created each thing in the world immediately. Number five. God created each living creature according to its kind. Number six, God created the world in six natural days. Number seven, God created the world several thousand years ago. Number eight, God created man in his image and likeness. Number nine, God created the first man immediately from the earth. Number 10. God created the first woman immediately from the body of the first man. Number 11. God gave dominion over all creation. Number 12. 
God created the first man and the first woman in a state of innocence and original innocence and happiness. Thirteen. The first man and first woman sinned and lost the state of their original happiness and innocence. Number fourteen. The whole human species descended from the first man and woman. Number fifteen. God destroyed the world with a worldwide flood. Number 16, all the races of men today descended from the three sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, I follow this pattern from my book because what I, what I did with this book was I took a much larger work by Father Victor Wolkowitz called The Doctrines of Genesis 1 to 11, and I made a shorter compendium of it, so for a little bit easier reading for people who don't like uh, a big footnotes and not doing a lot of research, footnotes and bibliography and things of that sort. Now, uh, the work is taken, was written by Father Victor Warkowitz, W-A-R-K-U-L-W-I-Z. Uh, he, he was a scientist before he became a priest. And so I've taken his book, reduced it down into a smaller format, and that's the, follow, the, the pattern I followed, the 16 doctrines. And uh, now, uh, that way, if, if your listeners are familiar with the Colby Center for Creation in Virginia, uh, Mr. Hugh Owen and his apostolate, they are the publishers of, the, of Dr. Wolf or Colvitz's book, and mine as well. So I yeah. start that off. Can I give you, um, it would be www. Yeah, absolutely. Give us the website. Colby Center, that's K-O-L-B-E-C-E-N-T-E-R uh, dot org. Yeah, um, yeah, our listeners uh, should be familiar with Hugh and his wonderful work. Uh, we had him on uh, Young Catholics Respond a few weeks ago. Um, and please, uh, listeners, uh, head over. If you haven't heard Hugh's interview yet, uh, head over to our podcast feed, as Brother Charlie's talking about, uh, to, to, to not only get a copy of Brother Charlie's book, uh, but also uh, learn about Father's great work uh, there. But, but let's delve in, if you don't mind, uh, Brother Charlie, a little bit to... Um, these these doctrines, because uh, you know, many people haven't heard of this uh, this in a concise manner. We might know one or two of these uh, as as uh, you know faithful Catholics. You know they might come to mind occasionally. But when why is it so important uh, for us to understand these in a logical you know uh, consistent manner? Uh, that that's laid out orderly. Why is it so important to have a a basic understanding of of these sixteen doctrines and to and really live by them and and know them? Well, stop to consider that these first eleven chapters of Genesis, with these sixteen doctrines, are the basis of Christianity. If you undermine these eleven uh, chapters of Genesis and throw out this doctrine or that doctrine or the other one, you undermine all of Christian teaching. We have the fact that God created the world, that he created man, 
man's sin, original sin, and then we have God's promise of redemption and the consequences of sin. We have uh, Noah's flood, which came about a bit later after man sinned continuously, and then we have uh, the progression of, of, of history since then. The, the promise of, of God's redemption after man sinned is right there in those first 11 chapters. Yeah. And that's why they are so important. And going back uh, through all the fathers of the Church, these doctrines are presented uh, in, by the doctors of the Church, by the Scriptures, by the popes, by Church councils. Mm-hmm. It's only been in the last uh, century or so that these have even been questioned. And, that, and it's important because today... Uh, these doctrines have been largely forgotten or poo-pooed in some way. And it's important that we get back and re- relearn the Church's teaching on creation and do it in a more organized form than in the past. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, especially during these times of, of COVID, there's a lot of talk about science, right? There's a lot of talk about you know science being the cure for this, the new vaccine coming out that's going to, um, you know, be the end, be be the end of the virus and all of these things that that we hear in the news media. Um, And, and when we, when we think about uh, where, where disease comes from, right. And where, and where this, this comes from, we don't necessarily always talk about it coming from our sin, but is that where, uh, you know, some of these doctrines, you know, are talking about, right? I mean, uh, first man was created, as you stated, you know, first man was created in original innocence with, you know, this perfect world around them. And and because and then, of... Then, right, and then, and sin, then entered. sin entered the world. Right, through them. And so, so can, can we say that, uh, which is another whole, uh, another point, one of the other doctrines. So can, can we say uh, that that our, our problems are due to sin? Is that a ra- I mean, that's a radical countercultural statement that we're making here, but can we, can we stay oh, that? It, it is, it is true. And that's truth is not accepted today, but uh, this is one of the consequences of sin is illness and disease. Uh, I think, uh, well, we, we talk about science and we put a great deal of, faith into science, what this COVID uh, pandemic has caused us to stop and realize that however great scientists is and how much research they do, they don't agree with each other on many things. And uh, sometimes, well, science says, the scientist says this or that, and that's it. That's the end of the discussion. But we found out with this, this whole year, the scientists are are disagreeing with each other. They have different uh, attitudes. They, they can examine the same data and come up to different conclusions. Science has always been that way because science is, by its na- nature, investigative and also, uh, what would you call it? Uh, it makes propositions and things of that sort. This speculative is the word I'm looking for. And that's not... In itself, those two things are not are not wrong or bad or anything like that, but they have their limitations. And when, as 
people began to do a century or two ago, throw out the scriptures. Then they lost the guide, they lost the basic guide of, of the study of man, his creation, and how we came about, and went off into theories such as evolution. Yeah, you know, and and certainly you bring up you know evolution and uh, and the that almost goes back to the to the very first and second um, you know <laughs> uh, doctrines that you're talking about, right? Uh, right. So you know, yeah. God. Well, I mean, is, yeah. When they threw out the, for instance, when some of the philosophers and scientists began to throw out the scripture record of Genesis, what they began to deny whether they fully intended to or not, was the existence of God, and that God has revealed himself. And how has he revealed himself? Through Scripture, and later on, through the, through the prophets, and through the coming of Jesus Christ uh, on this earth, and the redemption. So God, that very first thing is, is under attack. God exists and has revealed himself. There are many scientists today who are... Shall, basically of an agnostic mentality. Not, you know, and there's a great variety of, of what they believe. Mm. Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think this is a fascinating conversation. And folks, we have so much more uh, to to learn from Brother Charlie uh, during during this uh, interview. So I don't want to um, I, I don't want to delay in uh, getting to that, but I have to take a short break right at this moment. So what we're going to do is take that short break, and then when we come back. We're going to continue talking with uh, Brother Charlie about uh, the sixteen doctrines uh, in in Genesis, which are found in the first 11 chapters. So uh, we'll be right back after these short messages here on Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Don't go anywhere. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147, or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Hi, everybody. Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at patchworkheart.org. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder, and uh, today we're talking with uh, Brother Charles Madden. He is uh, a, ca- a Catholic brother. Uh, he's with the uh, Conventual Franciscans uh, based in Libertyville, Illinois, at Marytown, or better known as the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe. Uh, and, and Brother Charlie uh, has authored a uh, phenomenal book. Uh, it's it's it centers around the 16 doctrines in Genesis, uh, which are just absolutely fascinating and wonderful. And, and his compendium, uh, 
of this of this work has has really provided a lot of clarity uh, to people seeking answers to these questions. Uh, and and brother Charlie, we were talking during the break um, that we, we kind of I wanted to go into a little bit about doctrine number three about God creating a good world and. Uh, and we don't see a whole lot of goodness right now in our society. We're seeing a lot of unrest and social unrest. So how could God <laughs> create a uh, good world when all we're witnessing in society right now is such unrest and violence and you know racial tension? I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of evil. <laughs> how can it be good? How how did God create a good world? Well, the the three persons of the Trinity. They created the world for a good purpose. God was moved by his goodness to freely, freely create the, the world, and God and the fathers of our church taught that God created the world so that his perfections might be mani- manifested and acknowledged. But you come right away to the question, then why do we have so much suffering in the world? Well, God is a source of goodness, not even, not evil. He created a perfect world in the beginning, but man, misusing free will, sinned, thereby uh, interrupting God's plan of creation. As a result of sin, suffering entered into the world. And this is all goes right back. Uh, we're in Genesis, where God told man that he would have to labor by the sweat of his brow, and Eve would suffer the pangs of childbirth. And, and all, anything that is evil in the world is not from God. Now, some people say, well, how come he lets it go on? Well, God has his, what we call his permissive will. He allows things to happen so that we might, in the long run, benefit from our mistakes and turn back to him. And this is what we need today. We need to turn back to God uh, from the sinful ways that we see going all over the world. We have disease, we have war, we have crime, for example. We have pandemics like abortion, among other things. It's, it's a thing, and, and people, when they suffer a great tragedy in their family, they kind of say, well, guy, why did you let this happen? He doesn't necessarily tell us right away, but sometimes as our life unfolds, we begin, begin to look back and we can see the wisdom of what God is allowing. And it's not always easy to accept that. Hmm. But suffering has a purpose. Christ himself suffered for our sins. Yeah, and, you know, and, and that point... Uh, I think is a, another really great one uh, that you just made that Christ suffered for our sins. He didn't. Um, he didn't just wipe away our our sins magically. He said, "I'm going to come here and suffer for you." Um, and and he showed us the you know the power of redemptive suffering and. And, and that's hard right. for many of us to understand, especially young people, I think, for, for young people to understand yeah. that. Well, see, that's one thing we forget about sin. Sin is an infinite offense against, against God. And the only way that it can truly be 
atone for is for the infinite intervention of God himself. Mm. Sin against God required infinite reparation, infinite atonement. And Christ himself offered that on Calvary. Yeah. And, and, and really reunited us with, with God, made it possible for us to uh, once again enter that friendship that was lost from Adam and Eve, right? From that right. original and, sin. And our access to heaven. You know, when Christ ascended into heaven, the gates of heaven were opened as a consequence of his suffering, death, and resurrection on earth. And that, that is our great hope now, that we have we've been redeemed, we have the way back, back to God. Right. You know, and um, one, of the, one of the other, I think, curious doctrines that maybe lead kind of after that is, okay, God, God re- redeemed us, you know, but, but before he did so, um, you know, he had this long process of, of uh, trying to get our attention, right? Uh, trying to get mm-hmm. us to turn back to him. And it's, it's, it's told in countless ways through the Old Testament. But one of the first ones is, is really the flood, right? And, and uh, talk a little bit about that as a... Because, because again, we're seeing, you know, we're living in a time of, of pandemic, which um, can be can be likened to the flood in this way, I believe anyway, that um, it, it's an attention grabber to turn back to him. It's an attention grabber to come back to God. And so what does that mean when we face worldwide devastation or disaster like like a worldwide flood or like a pandemic? What is what is that um, to, how does it not negate the, you know, the the sufferings of the cross, right? Like, I mean, Jesus died for us, and and he, and he won the salvation for each and every one of us. But but why now is there you know more pandemics? Why is there more? Why is it so widespread? And why are we seeing it now? Does the does the flood help us to understand and unlock that? Well, uh, the flood was sent on mankind because. God gave man a period of time to repent. And during that period of time, he had no prepare an ark for um, the eventuality that people would would not necessarily uh, respond. The fathers of the church, for instance, spoke of Noah as a historical figure who was given the task by God to build an ark and because he finally decided that he would destroy man uh, and the earth because of the great sinfulness which had occurred after the uh, expulsion of Adam and Eve from paradise. And this continued up for whatever period of time. And then we, we see in the Gospels, Christ spoke about Noah and the flood in St. Luke's Gospel. The Catholic Catechism points out that Noah, some people deny the existence of Noah. The Catholic Catechism points out that Noah has always been venerated for his sanctity, and that's in Numbers 58 and 61, and that the covenant God made with Noah remains in force 
until the universal until the universal proclamation of the gospel. And that's kind of an interesting point in the catechism because there are people who are not under any of the Old Testament covenant or the New Testament covenant. They've never gotten that far. But they are under the covenant of Noah. Mm, that is fascinating. <laughs> that is very fascinating. Uh, so that's in uh, by the way, that's that's in number fifty eight of the catechism. Fifty eight. That, that very very that very interesting point. So we know that Noah exists, we know that the flood exists, and the fathers of the church all spoke of Noah as a historical figure. Yeah, so is there any lesson then that we can learn from that during this time? Is there any lesson that that, that teaches us during during this time in in uh, as we're I know it's not a flood, but is it can can you point to uh, a, a pandemic as kind of the equivalent of a modern day flood in some respects, or no? It, it certainly is because it's had a universal effect. Like the flood, flood destroyed the entire Earth. This pandemic uh, of the COVID has struck all of mankind. Not one nation on Earth has escaped it or the terrible effects that it has had on mankind. So it's kind of like a warning. God is saying, look, listen, go back, come back to me, repent of your sins. And every nation on earth, every society, every aspect of society has been affected by this this terrible pandemic. And God allows it for a purpose. It's to bring us up sharp and say, hey, something is going wrong here. We need to take a look and turn back to God. It's designed, I believe, allowed, I should say, not designed, but allowed by God to occur so that we might return to him and say, God, forgive me of my sins, personally, as a family, as a nation, all the various uh, peoples in all different professions. Mm. Every one of us has sinned in some way. And God is kind of using, allowing this to happen, to bring us back to him so that we don't continue to go down the path of destruction. Amen. You know, it could be said, uh, God didn't pick a, I mean, God picked a great year for this uh, to happen in the year 2020 to come out with clearer vision, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> he picked a good year for something like this to happen, uh, 2020 vision. But um, brother, brother Charlie, this has been so much fun, and I and, and we're definitely going to have to do another episode uh, as we're running out of time in this first half hour episode uh, of this uh, discussion on creation with you. Uh, so I want to thank you for for your your wisdom, uh, your 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 faithfulness to God, and also for just uh, you know. Co- compiling this wonderful uh with this wonderful book again uh if you uh head over to the colbycenter.org you're able to find uh this book uh what is the official title of the book brother uh, just so that you can give that to people so they know how to find it okay it's called a compendium of the doctrines of genesis 1 to 11 and it's a compendium as i said of a larger book which is also available through the colby center the Doctrines of Genesis 1-11 to by Father Victor Warkulwitz. It's W-A-R-K-U-L-W-I-Z. Uh, it's, it's a, and his book has all the resources and bibliographies and things like that if you want a detailed treatment 
I what I did, I took his material and made a shorter version of it because some people don't want all the uh, whistles and bells, so to speak. But the whistles and bells are important. So yes, I sir. refer you to uh, Father Rolkowitz's work. Awesome. Uh, the Doctrines of Genesis 11. Awesome. Well, I have to tell you sometime how how I got into uh, into this. Yes. Uh, I, I actually wound up reviewing, as a proofreader, his, Father Rolkowitz's book. And from that, I said, I've got to see if I can do something, make it something a little more uh, readable for early people, for other people who don't want a whole lot of detail, and yet I probably included two-thirds of his material in the compendium. Wow. I have a great respect for Father Wolkowitz. He just died about a year ago. Oh, my gosh. Well, great for his soul. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just just amazing. Uh, and, and thank you again for your uh, amazing work with this, and I uh, can't wait to talk with you more because there's so much uh, packed into this, uh, to this wonderful treasure and resource in our church. So... Uh, thank you so much, brother. Really, really appreciate it. Okay, God bless. Well, folks, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.